Katrina. I'm Sydney. And this is Chloe. And this is Murder Obsessed. So today, our beautiful, astounding Chloe is going to be telling us about who? George Banks. Have you guys heard of him? I don't think so. Okay, so he's kind of interesting because he's not really a serial killer, but he is a killer. He didn't like do it over a long period of time. It was kind of like one and done for him. Um, so George Emil Banks was born on June 22nd, 1942. Banks had a troubling childhood due to his race. His parents were um, a mixed race marriage, his mother being white and his father was black. And um, he was harassed for it as a kid. He felt that he didn't belong with white people or black people. Um, he felt like he was never accepted and the abuse just worsened into his teen years. And this happened um, this in Pennsylvania. Is, sorry to interrupt you, but I, um, I teach in a school that has um, a lot of um, interracial um, children. And I will tell you, like, I've talked to a lot of, of students who um, are mixed and they do feel that way. And it's, it is really hard for them um, because they don't understand their identity. They feel, you know, I've had students tell me that they feel at a place that their moms, because everybody's white, um, they feel more at ease with their dad because they're all black, but even still there's a separation and um yeah kids really feel that and I and it breaks my heart but that is legit mm -hmm. um and this happened in Pennsylvania just that's some background um once Banks was old enough uh he joined the military after he graduated he didn't do that well in school because of the harassment and bullying but he still graduated I believe and then he joined the military to get away from it all but that was very short-lived because he was discharged two years later because um, he was not getting along with military officers. So they sent him home. <clears throat> Excuse me. September 9th, 1961, Banks and two accomplices tried to rob a bar in South Scranton, Pennsylvania. But it was a failure because an employee was doing some late night work there. When refusing to cooperate, the employee took a bullet to the chest from Banks and his pistol. Banks and his accomplices fled the scene, but were later caught and detained. For his crime, Banks received 6 to 15 years, and he was sent to the State Correctional Institute in Greatford, PA. March of 1964, Banks attempted to escape, but was caught three hours later, <laughs> so he did not succeed in that. I think he was like on a farm doing something, and he tried to run away, but they found him. Wait, wait, wait. Um, Does anybody else watch um, The Office? Because I yes. watch The Office religiously, and that's all I can think of right now. In like, Scranton? Yeah. It's a Scranton Strangler! Strangler. For his esca uh, escape, he received an additional one to five years added to his sentence, but he was paroled on March of 28, 1969. So he only served seven and a half years of his like sentence. And then uh, once he got out, he started working and got married to Doris Jones, who was a lifelong friend of his. They had two daughters together. 1971, George got a job as a technician with the Bureau of Water Quality. I don't really know what that job entails, but he liked it. Not much was going on. Um, 1974, Banks requested 
I don't really know what this means, but I remember reading it. Uh, Banks requests for commution of the maximum term of his sentence, and his request was approved, and it meant that he was no longer on parole, like he was free completely. Um, 1976, um, Banks and Doris separate due to continuous arguing and infidelity on George's end. Doris gained custody of their kids and moved to Ohio. She just like peaced out. They you do not hear from her again. Um, this is where it gets interesting, I promise. After the divorce, George bought a home and started, I don't know how you say this. Is it harem or harem? Is that I a think- place? Did you say no. a harem, like a, like a brothel? Yes, a harem. That's how you say it? Okay, I wasn't sure. I thought oh, it was that. I, I was, was like, like what are you, you talking about, about girl? Girl? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He buys a house, and then he starts a harem. He gets All a right. bunch of girlfriends. Yeah, okay. See, what I um, thought, you know, this is where my mind goes, is that you were trying to say that he started doing heroin. And I was like, <laughs> no, what? Probably, but. When no, you said harem. Like, wait, like, like, did he move to Harlem? <laughs> Um, he starts a a harem and all of the women were white and they were all 10 to 15 years younger than him. Um, so some of them were homeless or runaways. Don't really know. They just ended up here and then they're all, they're all dating him, which is really gross. Um, and they all had at least one child with him, like all in this one house. He had four girls. He had four girlfriends oh, in okay. total, uh, two of which were sisters, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> Some sister like, wife stuff. Yeah, I'm not judging sister wives. I'm not like yeah. Oh, you do you. I just, I'm, you know. I'm not judging. All I have to say is kudos to those with the energy to deal with that. Like I could never be a polygamist because one husband is far enough for me. Oh, yeah, when I come home, it's, like, almost too much to deal with Wyatt. Like, yeah. if there's a sock on the ground, I'm like, get out. You're done. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. You're done. You're done. <laughs> um, so, number one was Regina Clemens. She had one child with him. Number two was Sharon Mazio, is I think how you say it. And she had one child. Number three was Susan Uhas, and she had two kids with him. And number four was Dorothy Leones, who had one of her own and then one with Banks. So she came with a child and then had another one with him. And Susan Uhaus and Regina Clemens were the sisters. So that was interesting. Okay. With the births of the children and the women all in this house, there were a lot more responsibilities added to uh, George's plate and his mental health struggled. Well, what is Which he I've doing been- to, to bring in money for this he works right now. He works at the water quality place. Oh, okay. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. I was like, that's a lot of money. Kids are expensive. For real. And they're like all babies at the same time, pretty much. Oh, God. They're like all, all little kids. I'm got, I got stressed yeah. out just thinking about that many toddlers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I work. I mean, I, I'm going to work in a center. Like, I couldn't understand having that many kids. Um, 1979, he lost his job at the Water Quality uh, Institute. Speaking and, of jobs. Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, and where he, like, that's just a side note. Uh, where he lived was a mostly white area. There weren't really many Black people there. And he said because of him and the biracial children um, and the mixed relationships, they were harassed a lot. Um, 
The people in the neighborhood tried to burn his house down, called them racial slurs, threw beer bottles at them. Um, and when his girlfriend and his babies were outside, the neighbors would spray them with water hoses to get Aww. them to go back inside, which is just awful. Like, you know, like, you can't, first off, no. Like, you have no say-so in how someone else lives their life. And if a white man and a white, a black woman want to get together, it ain't nobody else's business. But, like, real. leave them babies alone. Yeah, they didn't do anything. Like, leave them babies alone. Just awful. Okay, so the next year, 1980, uh, Banks gets a job as a, pr a prison watchtower. Even though he has a record, he still gets hired in a prison. Um, and this was when um, Susan had her second child with Banks. And this was also when Sharon Mazio grew tired of the growing family and she left the, har the harem and moved in with her mother, which led to a custody battle which I'll get into that later on. Um, 1981, George tries to get his taxes exempt because he's like a cult or something like that. Like, <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> like for like denied. religious exemption because- Yeah, that's like, oh my God. he got denied. And he was very upset about that. I just thought that was funny as well. As it goes on, his mental health continues to deteriorate. I mean, who wouldn't when their cult gets denied for tax exemption? Yeah, I, tax. I mean, I bet he got a decent amount back, though, with all them babies. I mean, yeah, like, why wouldn't you want to get taxes? Because you're getting back, like, $17,000 for all them dang kids. I know. Um, so he had some very interesting hobbies at this time, um, including collecting survival magazines, guns, ammunition, and then he was very, very interested in keeping up, which this isn't really weird, I understand, keeping up with um, like the acts of racism in the world. Like it fueled his fire seeing that the news and stuff. And he makes a list of his heroes and he made sure to tell everybody his heroes. They were Jim Jones, Charles Manson. Of course. And, yeah, and what? John Wayne Gacy. The Kool-Aid guy? Yeah, no, Charles Manson, That the first guy, did you say Jones? No, Jim Jones. Jim Jones. Yeah, he's the Kool-Aid guy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's the yeah. Kool-Aid yeah. guy. The and then Charles Manson. Um, Charles Manson is the Helter Skelter guy. Yeah, with the race wars yeah. that was going to, like, end the world. And then, of course, John Wayne Gacy. Like, Some like, great heroes. He, well, it's a nice range. I'll give him that. Like, it's a nice range because, you know, like, uh, Jim Jones and Charles Manson, they both had their own little cults. No, yeah. but John Wayne Gacy was just over here, like dressing as a clown and like being a pedophile and a rapist. That's yeah. Kind of Aren't they there. all white? Aren't they yeah. all white? Yeah, they're all white. Hmm. Maybe that makes it strange to me because he's a he. I'm assuming that he's a darker skinned individual. Yeah, he is. Okay, just very interesting. Yeah, he was sure. he was yeah. preparing for like warfare is what it was like. He was collecting all these guns and stuff, and he was just like preparing for the worst for no reason. 1982, uh, Banks begins talking to coworkers about preparing his children for war. That's why he says he's collecting all this stuff to get his children ready for a battle, committing mass killings, and unaliving himself in his watchtower. 
Uh, well, he's also preparing his own army with the amount of children he's having. Yeah, honestly, he's creating a battalion. <laughs> um, his work then puts him on a sick leave to go see a psychiatrist because they're like, red flag, you need to leave. <laughs> Get out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not good. Well, and I don't know. I don't know the logistics behind um, being able to fire someone due to mental health. I feel like, like they could see his mental health decline, but I feel like it's illegal to to de- like fire someone based on their mental health unless it's like directly impeding. You know, so they probably couldn't just fire him. They had to be like, bro, yeah. you need to get some help because I think they're yeah, they, they definitely were like. We don't need that here. <laughs> Go yeah, away. We don't need those vibes. Um, later that year, uh, Banks was at the breaking point. His mental health really took a dive. He was angry about his taxes, um, angry about <laughs> getting sent home from uh, work. And then he was especially angry about a custody battle with uh, Sharon. He wanted complete control over the child and wanted the child with him, but Sharon um, did not want that. She said that you can see him whenever you want, but I want to be in control of like his education and stuff like that. But that wasn't good enough for George, even though um, George did get sole custody of the child. um, Sharon kept the kid anyway and said, you can come see when you want. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Like with your be- with your best friends John Wayne Gacy and Charles Manson, how did yeah. you get custody? Are they not reporting that he says like he's suicidal and he's he's preparing his children for a war? Like I mean, what? his job literally was like, bro, go to a psychiatrist, and the court's yeah. like, here's your kid. Yeah, I feel like it had something to do with um, him having the job, but I mean, he could have just paid child support. You know. well, and also it's um, a question of what was the mother's background as well you know yeah. was she, what, you know if she wasn't stable either like she was a, a drug addict um, if she you know was um, a vagrant like a constant homeless but it seemed like she was living with her mom and that she made the decision I want to take my children out of this environment I'm I'm very confused how he legally got that child. Yeah. Well, she said, um, sorry, I don't care. I'm keeping my kid. Um, I mean, same thing. Yeah, I would be saying. Crying for my cold, dead hands. Yeah. All of this was weighing down on George. um, So he took a lot of drugs and drank a lot and then passed out. Yeah, he definitely needed his kid. Yeah. Uh When he awoke the next day, he lost control. He shot 13 people on September 25th, 1982, including five of his own children. <gasps> yeah, there's oh, a twist. Oh, no. Yes. Um, well, and thank Banks God claimed, she didn't give him that baby. Just wait. Oh, Banks God. claimed he killed his children because he felt they would be tor- tormented by the same racism that he was put through. That's what he said. That that's why he did it. Um, while convicted, he tried to kill himself four times, and he went on a hunger strike to where he had to be force fed. Good, keep him alive. Yeah, I, him, um, I don't. I don't want him to have the death penalty. I want him to be alive forever, suffering for that yep. because 
like I try very hard to not say a lot of like controversial things but when it comes to hurting children like I will fight anyone that has something to say against hurting children yeah that, that came out wrong I will fight anyone who says anything in support of anyone who hurts children like yep. no he was originally sentenced to death by lethal injection in 2004 but he um was but in 2010 he was declared too crazy for the death penalty so he is still alive but let me move on to um his victims um there were 13 victims and i believe four survivors of his um killing spree um number one was sharon mazio um she was shot in the chest and she was 24 years old number two was i'm gonna butcher these names because they're kind of crazy um, was Kiss Mayu Banks was Sharon's son and Hit Banks's son. He was shot in the face and he was five. Uh, number three was Scott Mazio, who was Sharon's nephew. He was kicked, hit with the rifle butt, and then shot in the face and he was seven. Number four was Alice Mazio, who was Sharon's mom, and she was shot in the face while on the phone with the police. So she uh, uh, alerted them and then she died. And she, um, she was 47. Number five was Regina Clemens, who was shot in the face, which was a girlfriend, and she was 29. Number six was Montanzima Banks, and uh, that was the daughter of Banks, and she was shot in the heart, and she was six. Number seven was Su Susan Uhaws, who was shot in the head, another girlfriend, and she was 23. Number eight was Bowendy Banks, and she, um, he was um, Banks' son, and he was shot in the face, and he was four. Oh. Number nine was Mar Mari Tanya, I think Mari Tanya, Tanya Banks, and it was Banks's daughter, and she was shot in the face, and she was 20 months, like literally so tiny. Oh. Number 10 was Dorothy Leones, who was the girlfriend, um, shot in the neck, and she was 29. Number 11 was Nancy Leones, who was uh, solely Dorothy's daughter, and she was shot in the head, and um, she was 11. Number 12 was Farood Banks, and that was Nancy and uh, George's son, I believe. And he was shot in the head, and he was one. And number 13 was Raymond F. Hall Jr., and he was a bystander at a party next door, and he was shot in the liver and kidneys, and he was 24. The survivors, there were four of them. Number one was Keith Mazio, and he hid in a closet while he watched Alice die, and he was 13. Number two was Angelo Mazio, who hid under the bed next to where his grandmother died, and he was 10. Number three was James Olson, who survived a gunshot to the chest, and he was 22. He was another bystander. And then number four was an unidentified man who Banks carjacked and held at gunpoint. Did he kill all of his children? Uh, yeah. Um, this is like how he did it. Uh, Banks awoke September 25th, 1982, grabbed an AR-15 semi-automatic rifle and shot everyone in the home. So all of his girlfriends and children that lived at that home. Then he went outside where he opened fire on Mr. Olson and Mr. Hall Banks and then drove to his former girlfriend, Sharon Mazio's uh, mother's house, walked in and immediately shot her only to turn around and see his sleeping child and shot him in the face. Um, and then he shot Alice and then her brother, um, Sharon's brother. 
And uh, Sharon's other brother who hid in the closet was the only one that saw Banks do this and was the only one that could identify him like directly as the killer. Uh, Banks carjacked another car, held the guy that um, lived, went to a desolate area and passed out in some grass. When he woke up, he went to his mother's house and she could instantly tell something was off as he was crying and smelled of alcohol. When asked what happened, Banks tells his mother, it's all over. I did it. I killed everyone. When his mom asks who, he replies, I killed them all, mom. I killed all the kids and girls, Regina, Sharon, them all. Hoping Banks was just drunk, his mother calls his home when police answer the phone. Banks grabs the phone and asks how his kids were. The police lied to him and uh, said that they were alive, trying to get him to stay on the phone. And he yells back at them, I know I killed them. And then he hangs up, grabs three 30-round clips of ammo and other ammo that he has, and goes to a vacated rental home. It was a four-hour standoff after um, multiple attempts to draw Banks out. His former coworker is able to draw him out because... Um, at the prison watchtower that he did. That was the only person that could draw him out, not his mother, not promises that his children were alive and they just needed his blood. The coworker was. On September 30th, 1982, Banks is accused of eight counts of murder, attempted murder, aggravated assault, recklessly endangering another person, stealing a car, robbery, and theft. That's a mouthful. June 6, 1983, the trial starts, and Banks wants to insist on testifying that he is not insane. He, like, wants to make it known. But they're very skeptical. Well, that what other... You're what not insane, that? but you killed all your babies? Yeah. Like, exactly. what? Like... I don't know. I don't understand it. This one was just especially gruesome. That's why I wanted to do it. Um, the jury found Gangs gu Banks guilty of 12 counts of first-degree murder, one count of third-degree murder, aggravated, aggravated assault, one count of robbery, one count of theft, and one count of endangering the life of another person. He got the death pen pen penalty in 1983 from night... From 1987 to 2000, he continued to appeal his case but the Supreme Court refused to hear the argument regarding mental com competency. He, want, he really wanted them to know that he wasn't crazy, but then he killed his entire family and was like, no, I wasn't crazy. It was just an accident. It's the craziest people who are shouting they're not crazy. Yeah, for real. Um, in 2001, I mean, wouldn't you want, like, sometimes if you plead insanity, don't you, like, can't you like get different plea deals yeah. or something like well, that's yeah. what a lot of people want is to plead insanity because <clears throat> you're put in a hospital instead of in a prison like it's I feel like he honestly like he didn't want to be crazy because I think he wanted to die and they wouldn't let him die yeah um he where am I here? in 2001 2006 and 2008 there were hearings about bank psychological state questioning if he could be executed um, in 2011, he is still on death row. However, it is rumored that he's dying of cancer. Good. 2017, still on death row in PA. And then in 2018, he was transferred to SCI, the SEI in Phoenix in May of that year. 
There has been no news recently, so I'm guessing he's still there on death row, but there's really no intention of um, continuing through with the death penalty. And that is who George Banks is. That was awful. I know. That, like, like I said, when, when dealing with, like, babies, off topic, I watched a movie last night. It's a Netflix original called The Guilty. And uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is a 911 operator. And I'm, I cried. Like, I was crying because it has to do with, like, a baby. I started to break down when I was, like, researching all this and stuff because, like, usually they don't bother me like I can't like it it helps if I don't think about it too much but it's really hard when you're doing that research and like people don't understand when you're like intensely looking for like into this stuff you find a lot of stuff that you wish you never would have seen oh yeah and then you get into this hole where you can't stop researching about it because you just need to know and then like you're just stuck in this really dark place that was me with James Patterson Smith like he literally only killed one person, but the things that he did to her, like gouging her eyeballs out and let and like keeping her alive, like up to three weeks after he did that, like it it messed with me. Like it was like, you know, we know that there is evil in humanity, but sometimes when you're looking at it and you're researching it, you are right. It's like you're down in this hole with them and you're like, I don't. Uh, yeah what's really scary is like we we obviously we're into true crime and we listen to true crime podcasts and we watch datelines and and, you know stuff like that but i read a statistic somewhere that you actually (laughs) have a serial killer Mm -hmm. i don't know if you walk past one four times in your life or you walk past four serial killers at, at different points in your life that is freaking scary yeah that's so freaking scary it is because they they don't look like you know that's like i'm talking about like ted bundy and john wayne gacy they didn't look like monsters you know they they didn't they looked like normal people i'm not i'm not one of those people like oh my gosh this serial killer was so attractive but ted bundy was an attractive man like I, I would have, like, if he asked me, hey, can you help me look for my dog or did I misplace my keys? I would be like, oh, okay, because that's yeah. just the type of person I am, you well, know. And that's how he got so many people is because he was relatively attractive. He was able to get people to lower their guard because he was good looking. Not me, I mean, man. He didn't look, he didn't <laughs> no, look Chloe, not me. <laughs> Chloe's like, I don't care how hot you are. I ain't hoping you look for your dog. Girl, if they are it's, it's not even it's a hot, like, like, oh, he was hot. I would go after him. I just mean, like, he was a relatively normal-looking person. And I'm always, like, Tyler is always telling me, of course, you know, he's a cop, so he hates it. He's like, listen, Sydney, not everybody has good in them, no matter what you think. No, they don't. True story. You don't have to give everyone 14 chances, and you don't have to help everyone out. And I'm like, well, that's why you're a cop, and I'm a nurse. I mean, I think that's what, like, me I'm on the other like if I see anybody I'm like all right we're gonna cross the street here so we do not have to make small talk with them <laughs> like someone oh, I'll do, do something. I will hide yeah. it. well sorry if you guys ever see me out there and you're listening and you know me and you recognize me because I will straight up avoid you in Walmart 
No, I've like, because I've watched Criminal Minds right at 72 times, like all like 15 seasons. When I'm putting my kids in the car seat in a parking lot, I'm constantly checking my surroundings because I'm like, I will be damned if somebody's going to come up behind me and knock me out. But <laughs> it's like literally at all times, I'm like freaking scanning every area around me. Like, I'm just so paranoid. I'm paranoid with my kids. Like, Tyler got so aggravated at me the other day. So we're in Walmart and Stevie is in the, you know, the cart, like strapped into the cart. So he unstraps her and he goes to pick her up and he's like, she won't come out. And I'm like, oh, you know, those like little, I don't know, those clips. They're like, yeah, I saw that. I clip her belt loop into the metal because I'm afraid what if I just look away for a second and someone snatches my kid? Uh, Yeah, I'm terrified. I couldn't even imagine. It's it is terrifying. And like I I've really worked with LJ of like you stay in my eyesight. You stay by my cart. They just they don't understand. They don't. It's so scary. And now as an adult, I remember the time, Sydney, that you and I hid in a clothing thing while mom and Sheila looked for us and we were laughing and we got our Heinens busted. We one thousand percent deserve to get bit beat. Like, as a parent now, I would have probably destroyed my child if he'd have done that to me. I could literally see LJ doing that, too. What is it? I said I could literally see LJ doing it right now. I can envision him in the (laughs) And giggling and thinking it's funny. It's not funny. I'm probably trying. People would probably be like, don't do that to your kids. But I, I'm always telling my kids, someone will take you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, like, no. I, I tell like, LJ, I'm like, you will be kidnapped. You will be kidnapped. I can't find you. I can't. I don't have, like, a beacon yeah. to find you. I wish I and had a tracking. Like, if I could put a tracking chip in your body, I would do so. Yeah. <laughs> I would. I would microchip you in a heartbeat. Just yes, in case sure. something ever happened that you were taken, that I could pull a Liam Neeson and come kick their butt yeah. and find you. Oh, no. Like, my mom told me one day because I was like, she was like, okay. You know, she's like me. You guys know my mom. My mom's way more timid and sweet than me. And, you know, we were talking about trusting everyone. And and I said, no, mom, if someone ever hurt my kid, like, I've got some crazy. She's like, oh, what would you do, Sydney? Throat punch? I'm like, no, I'm first time I'm going to start by pulling their fingernails off and she was like oh, oh my gosh yeah no psycho. oh yeah I oh, would pull a law-abiding citizen in a heartbeat yeah yeah I'd be like take me to prison because I yeah. you don't touch my yeah. kid yeah I would like to think that like I would not be, be lured in I feel like I avoid every single like social contact there is I read a thing that said that serial killers aren't as prevalent now was because millennials won't answer their door. Oh, oh well, I don't either. I like look through every single window, like yeah. the perfect view. I even got a camera, like at, at my apartment. I was like, I'll just look for my phone. Yeah, like I'm, if I'm I don't know do you, it. I ain't answering the door. Sorry. Oh, even I if live- I do know you, I probably won't answer. <laughs> and no one no one knocks on my door we actually had a time the only person that ever knocked on my door was my papa papa and he would knock on the door and then just open it well I was washing dishes and Sawyer was like three and there was a knock on the door I was like Saul open the door it's probably papa because we live in the middle of nowhere yeah 
And it was, I heard this man talking and my heart sank. And it was someone Tyler had like dealt with at work. They were coming to ask for advice, but he had to like crack down on them and be like, listen, you can't come to my house because my wife will shoot you. Yeah, you will be shot. <laughs> like this is West Virginia, okay? People get shot. Yeah, for real. Like we got guns, okay? Lord. And we don't like strangers. <laughs> yeah. That's Whenever I had... Well, especially because, like, when you are in the middle of nowhere and you have kids, like, the police, it takes them a second to get to your house because I don't know anybody, if if you're listening and you don't know what the mountains of West Virginia are like, you ain't getting nowhere in a hurry. If you are, you're going over a cliff. Especially in winter. Yeah. At least. Yeah. 30 minutes, at least. If they're, like... On the like, if they were like somehow ready before they knew they were supposed to go somewhere, you know, right? Yeah, yep, it's insane, it is. But that that blows my mind a parent hurting their children, like, not even hurting, like, killing, killing their babies, like, no second thought either. No, like, I I feel bad when I smack one of my kids after they've headbutted me and like broke my nose. Literally, LJ <laughs> fell into my face yesterday in the back of his head, just like Miley Cyrus when she's riding that boulder in Wrecking <laughs> Ball. It literally like knocked me a loop. <laughs> and I yelled at him and swatted at him and I apologized. And I'm like, I'm the one with a concussion and I'm apologizing. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like literally just insanity, and I can't understand it. Well, I have well, good. I have good news. I'm supposed to understand that. I no, that would I don't be- think so either. You have I, good news. Um, yeah, uh, Zoom just let me know that the forty minute cutoff was. They took it off for me, so we've definitely <laughs> been, been going for longer than forty minutes. <laughs> That would have been nice to have, a, like, every other week we've done I this. know. I just made a new account, and I made it under um, a different email so that I could have access on my laptop because my Apple did that thing where it hid my email. So when I was trying to log in, it was not working, so I had to make a new account. Mm. But I think we've rambled long enough. Yeah. I'm Katrina. This is Chloe. Oh, the one time I go, the one time. This is Chloe. (laughs) And this has been Murder Obsessed. Stay listening, stay obsessed, but don't be obsessed with murdering like that loser there. (laughs) Have have a good evening. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Oh my God. I'm still recording. Shoot. So I have two children, as you know, if you, I've probably talked about them in my podcast. And with my first son, I was about 10 months postpartum and I was working out at home and I was hating it. My dog thought that it was playtime. My kid didn't understand why he could not use me as a jungle gym while I was trying to do a plank. I was just ready to give up. Well, a friend told me to go check out the YMCA our local branch in Parkersburg. 
I'm like, listen, I can't. I don't have a babysitter. Even if I had a babysitter, I don't have the money to pay for childcare, like, to go to the gym. Don't worry. YMCA has free childcare. And when I tell you that they have free childcare, I'm telling you, my kids love the daycare there. My kids are very outspoken, very talkative, and they love going there. They ask me, are we going to the daycare today? Are we going to go to the daycare? Because it's actually really good people in there with your children. And it's free with a membership. I was like, well, I don't know what to do. I'm new to weight loss and I just, I really don't know where to start. They have an epic class schedule with so many fun classes. Now I teach a weightlifting class called Strong Mondays and Wednesdays at 4.30 Twice a week, we focus on each muscle group, toning and strengthening these muscles with a little bit of cardio sprinkled in. But the YMCA has classes for whatever floats your boat. They have step, cycle, yoga, yoga, not yoga, yoga, Pilates, TNT, Zumba, and I mean like, and even more. Like I'm sure that there's more, like Aqua Zumba. There's so much more that I can't even think off the top of my head. Plus, they have a huge indoor pool, a sauna, hot tub, and of course, a massive weightlifting area, as well as, as, well as top-of-the-line treadmills, ellipticals, and more. We have affordable membership packages. Stop by today and get started on your fitness journey. Hey guys, just wanted to talk really quick about a great small business that I literally love. Um, it is called New and Distressed. Two local girls run it, Janae Fugit Gross and um, Betty Montville, and they are so talented. They make shirts, hoodies. Um, I know that they sell like sub prints for digital download, and literally they they will personalize anything you want. I also seen that they have some really awesome jewelry now which is totally cool. Guys, I'm throwing my money at these people. So go check them out. It's New and Distressed on Facebook, or you can also find them in an Etsy shop.